We are back for episode two on the All Good Podcast. Happy thoughts. New intro song. Like it? <laughs> May I love it. 100% man. That's a massive shout out to Jermaine Tanua Brown, aka Young Maney from the North Queensland Cowboys. He's on Spotify. Check him out. Right into his music. Doing great things in the music industry. Thanks bro. He's going up in the world, eh? He's, he's involved in the All Good podcast and <laughs> and he had a win over the Broncos on the weekend. What a week for him. I yeah. reckon. He, uh, but just on that, good to see the Cowboys and the Broncos both firing this year. I think it's been, you know, it's been a while since we've seen them you know, perform so well. I think the last time was 2015. And boy, am I scarred from it. I was up at Cairns actually <laughs> watching that on the on the TV up there at uh, Gilligan's. I'm sure you know about Gilligan's. Gilligan's. Yeah, I've been there. I think I don't think there's a rugby league player in Queensland that doesn't know about Gilligan's. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe that uh, the stories that that are told at Gilligan's uh, aren't for this episode today, Jared. But um, yeah, Kyle Felt, 80th minute scores in the corner. I mean, as a true Broncos fan, my world was shattered. And then what happened, Billy? Well, I remember watching this game. I got mates in both teams and I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, holy heck, what's happening? You know, it's, it, was, it was a roller coaster. Uh, so I couldn't imagine being out there. Um, and then obviously for your diehard Cowboys and Broncos fans. Ooh, yeah. What a winning. What a test. Yeah. But for me, mate, like I'm an Ipswich boy, as you know. Yeah. And the Jets actually got up over the, the Newcastle Knights team in the. Um, so they played before. This is the grand final day. So that this is. Yeah, yeah, they played yeah. before in the state championship. So the Jets had, off the back of some pretty unique uh, Walker brother, coaching techniques, the Jets actually made their way to the state championship and won. So, tick, go the Jets. Now next the Broncos. Yes. And I was mate. If if the Jets and the Bronx won. I don't think I would have ever made it back home. <laughs> but then, uh, of course, you know, that try in the corner, JT misses the conversion. But then, as JT does, yeah, he slots that field goal and he got them home. The cows. And I think there's actually still a scar on the Broncos since then. I don't know, mate. Like, you have connections with the boys. And I mean, playing great footy now, for sure. Um, it's they it's are. awesome to be a Broncos fan now. Leadership from, from Carrigan and. Big Payne Haas and uh, all the boys doing some good stuff. But I'd, yeah. I, I, I'd have to admit there's like mentally there's a little bit of a scar there um, when the cows got over them in 2015. Oh, 100%. I, I think for the boys that were involved in that game, knowing how close you get to winning a premiership, um, I suppose when I looked to 2016 when I was at the Cronulla Sharks and we won it, but the last – 30 seconds, knowing how close we came to almost losing it. Mate, it's down to the wire. It's uh, Mentally, it's, yeah, it's next level. Um, but that's rugby league. That's why we love it. It's not just rugby league, though. Like, I think it's sport, mate. Like, it seems like every time, like, and I've had a fair, you know, four, actually, championships with the Brisbane Bandits. And no matter how far ahead you are, it always seems that, that last minute, those last seconds. Yeah. Anything can happen and you are literally shitting yourself. Because 100%. it's you could be in control of the game, the whole game. And then those last seconds go really slow. And well it, just on that, would you agree in that the great players 
you know, they it, they don't just make a, a big play once a game. They continue, they consistently make big plays throughout a game. Um, so when I do think of great players, I think consistency is one. Um, no matter what sport you're in. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's the ability to, like a game wants to move fast, right? High-paced environment. Yeah. The great players have the ability to, ability to slow it down. Yes. You know, and you talk about like taking that next step. That's not to say that I've taken that next step yet. You have probably. But the ability to slow a game down and actually see what's happening, what's evolving in front of you, that's what separates the greats from the good. Yeah. So I think that's one thing that probably JT does when he, when he slots those kicks, those field goals. Unfortunately, he missed the conversion. Fortunately, as a Brisbane fan, he missed it. I thought we were a chance. But then, you know, no doubt in my mind when he, when he kicked that, um, that field goal, he had slowed that down and he was never going to miss. Yeah, 100%. I think he had the whole of North Queensland behind him there. Um, great moment for North Queensland Cowboys 2015, 100%. So anyway, mate, um, episode two? Yeah, thoughts. We, you know, recap, quick recap on episode one. Well, We've gained a lot of traction. Yeah, I mean, I've had some people come out of the woodworks and, and message me. Um, some people I haven't spoken to for quite some time. And <laughs> hey, mate, <laughs> hey, listen to your podcast. You guys did great. Hey, apparently you and I have great chemistry, Jared. So that's good yeah. to see. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. it's awesome. It's, <laughs> it's awesome to see that uh, we have a following. Um, well, we didn't expect it. You know, um, to be honest, we just we tried something new and. And we're loving doing this. Um, but, yeah, yeah, followers, please keep up the feedback. We love to hear it. Um, if our mics are too quiet. <laughs> if uh, That's if, just if, a little, uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. guys. Um, bit of feedback. We noticed that my mic was playing up a bit. Um, yeah, not anymore. Let's go. <laughs> That's what you do. You uh, We're evolving. Hey, all good is evolving and... You know, I think you know, looking back at episode one, we touched on why we're doing it, why we're here. Uh, so it's good, but yeah. So just a reminder, um, we are on Spotify, yes, and we're also now on Apple Podcasts. So uh, jump on our Instagram, head to our link tree. Uh, there you'll find yeah all the links to to the, uh, the places where you can find us. And um, just for the, the younger generation out there, Jared, we are on TikTok. So a bit of work to do in that space. Um, hey, but we're evolving. We are evolving. Come forever. on this journey with us. Yeah. So, um, Billy, how was the weekend, mate? What'd you get up to? Well, for me, man, it wasn't you know, a normal weekend. I actually did the Gold Coast Marathon. Gold Coast Marathon is you know, 42 point... Roughly two kilometers. So a long way. Running. Man, out of my comfort zone. You know, oh, I've been a professional athlete uh, for a long time. And, yeah, this was a different beast. Um, it definitely opened my eyes to a whole new world of athletes and, and you know, ways to really push your body. So, yeah, man, it was, uh, yeah, it was a pretty big weekend, let's just say that. So how'd you go, though? Did you, did you finish yeah, it? Yeah, hey, I'm here. I, I survived it. I got there. My goal was to complete it. Um, but, you know, what I noticed and speaking with the group I ran with and family was it's one of 
the only events or sports in the world where me as an amateur, first time ever running in a marathon, can line up right next to an elite runner who's about to try and break the world record. Blows your mind. Yeah, so did though did running with world class runners, did it motivate you or did it actually highlight the fact that I'm nowhere near these blokes? Yeah, both. <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah, Gold Coast Marathon, man, it was like a festival. You know, it's still dark and pumping. You know, you get everyone there preparing. Um know athletes everywhere so then obviously you know when you start running you're seeing how fast they're flying and you sort of get to a point in the race where you then you know they have to turn around and come back um so like you know the guys at the front like fast flying you know (laughs) running back past you and you just you just looking like man how do you do that you know it's it's crazy and i suppose they have the same thoughts about you when you you step past, hey. kick, jump, break people's cheekbones and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to bring it up again, mate. But Maybe, yeah. I mean, that's that's just years of devotion, dedication to something that they're passionate about. And It is, yes. Like, didn't you – you said that the world record was however many minutes, hours, minutes, but the bloke you ran with at the start, he was only, like, what, like five seconds per kilometre off the world record, which, you know, if, if you and I were to run – Five k's, five seconds off every k is quite slow, but over forty-two kilometers, not too far away from the world record. Yeah, mate. Yeah, running's a whole another game, and to see the way they they push their bodies, my, it's, it's crazy. And you know, with that, you know, the self-talk for an athlete like that to run for however many hours. You know, the, the self-talk and self-belief has to be strong. Um, you know, it's crazy. So it's like the old cartoon, the train going up the hill. I think I can. I think I can. There's got to be plenty of that, right? Like yeah, 25Ks in – I know we, we sp- spoke to a few people uh, since you get their ideas around running a marathon. And at that halfway mark, it's the physical system, I suppose, for, for amateurs. It shuts off and – the mental game kicks yeah. in. So it's uh, it does it's nothing but fuel in the mind to get yourself over that line. 100%. And I, I suppose, you know, speaking of the mental game, you know, the self-belief, the self-talk, I know you watched the great Israel Adesanya on the weekend. Is that right? Yeah, mate. Like we touched on that before. So, yeah, my Sunday wasn't spent – Running ridiculous amounts of <laughs> meters for a ridiculous amount of time. I actually put mate, the, the invite up. was there. The invite was there. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. Ten minutes, ten kilometers is my my uh, cap. But yeah, no. I sat down and watched UFC two seventy six and and the great New Zealander Israel. Yes, Adesanya. New Zealand will claim him. Yeah, you claim him for sure, mate. Yeah, he versed um and beat uh, Jared Conanier. Conanier. Not sure how to say it. But um, like never in doubt, that guy is a beast. And yeah. it's not the fact that he's just wiping the slate clean of the division, but his self-belief, like you touched on, his self-talk, like telling himself he is the greatest. I don't think there's, there's an athlete out there right now that doesn't believe in themselves as much as that bloke. So, you know, <laughs> and it's not even that like 
the guy went as far as in the past he might have danced and you know his presence that he can dance before a fight is yeah, intimidating. Who does that? But eh? the dude yeah. put a hat on, he grabbed an urn and he carved in that urn. Yeah. Jared in the front of it as if to say, you're mine. Yeah. Like, if I'm sitting in that ring and this dude's holding my ashes and I haven't died yet, I'm thinking, what am I in for? Oh, 100% man. It's, you know, who does that? Bit of, would you say Muhammad Ali about him? Oh, mate. Like, the confidence. I'm the greatest. The self-talk. But then to back it up is is a whole other thing. I think you know, anyone can call someone out, but to actually do it the way he does it is massive. And and he wins, right? He he walks a talk yeah. every time. I think he's 27 and one. Like, <sighs> I mean, that guy. And he, he actually says, I'm prepared to die in the ring. <laughs> like, yeah, you know he's that invested. you're at the top of your game if you're yeah invested, if you're prepared to die. Yeah, some you love and some that you, are, you know, trying to top, ridiculous. Yeah, uh, you do see it. You look at you know all sports around the world, um, and athletes that are so you know devoted to their sport, and the lengths they'll go to succeed. Uh, it does blow your mind. I wonder what it is. Do you think it's it's the belt that he wants, or it's the title, or it's just it's his passion. Oh. My opinion, you know, it's his, it's his passion. He he wants to win. He's addicted to winning. Uh, you know, it's it's that joy as well. Uh, like we talk about being so devoted and focused, but I do think there's some element of fun in that for him. You think it, he enjoys beating people up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would if I was that good. <laughs> but yeah, like it, it's definitely touches on on you know on the fact that. Self-talk, self-belief is, is very important in elite sport, uh, no matter what sport you're in. Um, yeah, I know we talk about individual sports and sp- especially like those combat sports, like UFC, boxing. Uh, my wife, Roy, she's a great boxer, um, was doing great things in New Zealand especially, um, was in – in line and in, in the pipeline to try and qualify for the Olympics for New Zealand. So that's probably the level she – yeah, that's how good she is for everyone out there. Um, but, yeah, like for her, obviously obviously getting to see her up close and the way she would prep and then, you know, to watch a fight, like they like they, they put in a lot of effort, like a lot of sacrifice. And through that sacrifice and discipline – effort i think you build confidence as well so yeah like the conditioning is ridiculous Mm. like i've never been a boxer but i've ran with your wife and i've been around her for a bit and you can just tell the way she carries herself and and no complaints right like when you're committed and and you're focused and and you know what you want to achieve there's no excuses you're just flat out committed and you're flat out training your ass off and yes. I, I only spent an hour with, with Roy, but I was like, this girl don't stop. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure she broke away. We went for a run that day and she broke away. I don't know. She might have just went to look at the sights or something. And we were way ahead. And next minute, <laughs> Call back up, yeah. oh, she's just made it back. <laughs> so like, I'm sure that wasn't just a case of, um, you know, I'm going to catch up with the boys. It was like, I'm not going to let these boys beat me. Yeah. It's that hunger for victory and, and – it's that determination that yes that yeah, she possesses, no doubt. And uh, and same with Israel, like 
he is obsessed with being great. He's obsessed with the training and he's obsessed with the competition. And yeah, yeah, 100%. And I, I know we talk about you know, sports where it's just you in the ring, and that's you know, that's another beast. But you know, as a team, if you're in a team environment, you know, you got league, you got baseball, you got you know, you're a part of a team, you got all the sports in the world, you know, can that work collectively? Yeah, well, you got to have a common purpose, right? Yeah. Um, and whatever that purpose is, most of the time it's to win, right? But you got to have that, yeah, that purpose, that self-belief and that, that mission, so to speak. So, yeah, I guess in going with Israel, like, and your wife, the self-belief that they had, like, was focused on achieving success, winning the game. Being the greatest athlete, greatest boxer, whatever. But there's another aspect, and you touched on it when you said self-talk. I think that goes above self-belief. It's it's, it's self-talk, and that, and that self-talk is like knowing that you're going to achieve something, and it doesn't necessarily mean victory. It just it's just a purpose or a goal. So an example, um, and shout out to the boys at Leading Teams, Banders. And Roger. Great dudes. Great guys. Like really I helped me spend, a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, mate. So I guess we would do a quick in, uh, introduction to the boys at leading team. So Vanders and Roger um, are leadership trainers, high-performance leadership trainers. Yeah. And we've been lucky enough to spend four eight-hour sessions with them over the last few months. And and I guess, to be honest, we probably can thank them for, for doing this podcast because before – uh, they tapped into our um, feedback and our leadership skills. We probably wouldn't have started this podcast without the confidence to speak. So, um, but yeah, getting back to, to something they they um, told us in one of our sessions was was self talk. So, self belief is one thing; it's about the individual, but self talk is something that, as a collective, as a team, uh, they can strive towards. So, the example was Port Adelaide, the power. So yeah. Um, and Vanders touched on this. He said, these guys didn't want to be the greatest team because, you know, if you you don't want to put your, I guess, your aspirations too high. But they decided they're going to be the fittest team. So their self-talk was, we are the fittest team. Yeah. We're going to train the hardest. We're going to work the hardest. We're going to be the fittest team. And off the back of that self-talk, they actually started to convince the opposition that, Holy shit! The power, of the, the power, of the fittest team. So then, they're convinced. The opposition are convinced. Yeah. And then what happens? Things start to change. So, it's you can't actually underestimate the power of self belief and self talk. Yeah. So these guys actually, off the back of being the fittest team, and and the whole league knew it. The AFL knew that the power of the fittest team. The, the first and second quarter, they were anyone's game. But the third, and in particular the fourth, that were port, that was Ports. That was their quarter. So they knew going into the game that being the fittest team, the Orange Boys were going to win the second half. Yeah. And you know, playing rugby league, yeah, in the second half, right? Yeah. 100%. If you win the second half, it's it's a game of halves. So obviously, uh, first quarters, but it's a game of halves. And winning that second half, most of the time, that's the victory in the bag. Yeah. Well, one hundred percent, I can. Definitely relate that 
to rugby league, uh, especially in the NRL. Two two things, right? So there's a, there's a bit of a saying in in the NRL that Melbourne Storm have the hardest preseason. Um, you know, and that shows through the way they play. They believe that. People start to believe that. And, you know, they're a great team, great club, all effort-based. Obviously, you've got a lot of talent in there as well. You know, but, but are they actually – do they actually have the hardest preseason? Like, I I probably think in, you know, each club is training just as hard. But, you know, that self-talk, self-belief, which, you know, people surrounding – start to believe as well, can definitely play into it. Uh, but probably another thing as well, in, in 2016, when I was at the Cronulla Sharks, we won the grand final. First time for the Cronulla Sharks club. It'd been years and years, you know, they were saying like, you know, will the Sharks do it ever? You know, And... A big saying we had was, you know, one, I was like, why not? And then, you know, why can't we write history? Let's be the first. You know, that self-belief and, and that was through, you know, good leadership. We had a lot of good good leaders in that team. Big gal. Big gal, Michael Ennis, Luke Lewis, so James Maloney. I, I could keep going. There's, <laughs> it was a, it was a, a good team. team. Yeah. yeah. A, but great leadership. Jared Beal. <laughs> but like to that point where well, I remember us getting into the semifinals and we just had this belief that we could do it. So what changed though? So like a team that you know, wasn't overly successful, great team. You know, they were building, right? You guys were building. But pre-season, as you said, with the storm. But, you know, they, those guys believed in what they did. So what changed – Pre-season for that year, 2015. So we, we actually had a our rival that year. It was definitely the Melbourne Storm who we beat in the grand final. Um, from memory, we – yeah, like were, each game throughout the season was down to the wire. They probably had the edge over us. Um, but we went on a, a great run. Uh, but, you know, obviously getting into that grand final, first for the club. Yeah, and it was just this – Belief within the team that would would just get it done. You know, long long story short, yeah, we we're holding up that trophy yeah, at the end of the that, game, and you got that big ring. Yeah, you seen it? No, I haven't. Actually. I haven't seen it. No, no. Oh my! Put it on the Instagram, eh? Why not? You got, you got <laughs> no, but like, there's got to be Billy. There's got to be something that you know, you, you know, your target was was the Melbourne Storm, and, and a lot of great teams love that. You know. Um, when I played for the Bandits, we were the well, I still play for the Bandits, but when we were successful, we won four championships in a row, yeah. and we loved having that target on our backs. And, and I have no yeah. doubt in my mind that the Melbourne Storm loved it. But you obviously saw that target and you went for it. But there had to be something that you guys did with the leadership, like Gal and, and Michael Ennis at the start of the year. First, you sat down with the coach. Who was your coach? Shane Flanagan. Yep. Oh, Shano. <laughs> Shano. And Flano. Uh, it was Flano. Flano. <laughs> oh, sorry, Flano. Yeah. I don't support the Sharks. But you sat down at that start of that year, the very first day, and you guys would have come up with a plan or, or, or a, a purpose, right? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you exactly. A defining moment for me. Yo. The start of that year, I remember us all, you know, the season hadn't kicked off yet, uh, but we happened to have like a team meeting in the league's club. 
Um, it might have been just on the you know back of a training session, just reviewing our session, what we done well, you know, what we can do better, you know, making sure we're ready for the season ahead. And I remember clearly Michael Ennis, great leader, probably my favorite player that I've ever played with. Damn. Um, known as a grub, but the best, the best fella. Um, I remember him clearly getting up and visually painting a picture for everyone, not literally, not painting a picture, but clearly explaining he wants to see us, you know, leaving this league's club grand final day, driving down the road, you know, to ANZ Stadium, Sharks fans everywhere. Like he almost planted the seed for us. Well, for me, I took that on board. Um, so within the team, I had that belief that we, we could do it. We could, we were cap- definitely capable. We had a great team. Um, but like any sport, and especially in the NRL, it's, you know, there's 16 good teams, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, I, I definitely look at that season and, and that, you know, premiership win and put it down to self-belief. Yeah. And that's leadership, right? And I guess we'll touch on um, leadership in potentially the next episodes we we record. But you know, that's com- that's self belief, that's conviction, and and that's that's true leadership. And I actually admire Michael Ennis as well on the uh, on the TV. And um, I mean, he played for Broncos forever as well. So he did actually, yeah. Fan. But yeah, like you know, leadership's one thing, but self belief and, and and the ability to actually get the team to buy and like that's just, that's, that's it too that's another thing so. player buy-in is important um you know I, you can have you could probably have the greatest coach in the world but if you don't have player buy-in you know, it's, it's going to be a tough challenge I, I suppose i look at the good coaches not just in nrl but around around the world they are able to influence their team their leaders Buy-in. Do you really think it's the coaches, or do you think it's it's the team? Like, is is there a a major influence from a high-performing coach over a high-performing team, or do you think it's purely the leadership group? It's the um the recruitment, building yep. a team, or do you think that like I mean you've played under I think the every- great Wayne Bennett, played under some great coaches. Um, yeah. Do they have a major impact on an individual or a team's performance or do you think majority, like what percentage are we talking here? Let's talk percent, Billy. Yeah, hey, hey <laughs> no, that's no, why no. we're here. But. <laughs> I'm interested to know because, yeah. you know, you talk about great coaches but you don't want to take it away from yeah from great players and great individuals, great leaders and, and just nah. great culture. Yeah, 100%. So we had, first of all, we had a great leadership group that year, 2016, in the Sharks. I th- I looking back, I feel like Flano, so that's yeah, Shane Flanagan, he done a great job in, you know, allowing the leaders to really lead. Um especially the players we had. It could have easily been a um a battle for you know, like a how do I explain it? Like um he's got the biggest ego. But it definitely wasn't. All the players were great. Um, you know, obviously we had Paul Gallon, Michael Ennis, you know, the names that I mentioned. They've done a great job of, of uh, aligning everyone and creating that common purpose. 
for us all to to buy into. But then you know you, you said like recruitment, like we had good youngsters in the team, so we did have that experience mixed with that youth. We re- I felt like we relied on their youth to bring the energy a lot, which worked really well. Yeah. Um, then I was just somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's just like you know what is a coach? A coach isn't there to to hold your hand and. And tell you how to play rugby league or tell yeah. me how to play baseball it's it's setting up you know programs or you know just setting up ways in which you can be better um so you know you, you don't take away from the paul gallons and how he wants to run his team he's a captain captain his state yeah but a, a coach identifies where the team as a whole can improve or, or you know certain paths to walk down to, to get the best out of them but not necessarily telling Paul Gallon, like, mate, this is how you're going to play. So, and I mean, and that's just an experience too, right? Like, Well, that's that's a great coach. They they bring out the best, you know, in the individual. So, who was your greatest coach? Oh, good question. Well, it, it is hard to go. You know, Flano is definitely up there. You know, winning a premiership is hard. Um. Man, I've been very lucky. Like, I think every coach I've had has been different in some ways. It would have been cool to work under you know, Craig Bellamy, Trent Robinson, to see what they've done, and especially Craig Bellamy, the way he's been so consistent with the Melbourne Storm for years. Uh, and us obviously hearing stories from boys that I know that play under them or within those organisations, they just thrive and love it. I was with Wayne Bennett um, when I first came into the NRL, but I was only 17, 18. Like, it's probably hard. I didn't really understand a lot of it back then. But I know he's done some great things in the game. So it is hard to put my my finger on one coach, if I'm being honest. Um, but, man, it is a, in the NRL. It's probably a cutthroat job. <laughs> it's a tough job. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll send you out to the- the sheep real quick. Oh, so, sorry, to the wolves. <laughs> but, mate, um, look, I think we've, we've done a pretty good uh, job here today, if I don't say so myself. Man, well, well, like what we did was we highlighted the importance of self-belief individually, but also, you know, in the team environment, like collectively, you need to collectively buy into the purpose. Yeah, so, like, you've got to ask yourself, what is our purpose? Yeah, um, you can't just go out there and, and sure you can go play for the fun of it, and that's why we, that's why we start, right? Yeah, but as a team, there's a there's a purpose, and and there's there's a self belief, and there's a knowing that you're going to achieve something. You got you got to know it's conviction, right? Like, I don't think you could ever go into any situation as a high performing team, half assing things. You got to want yeah. it, you got to know you're going to win, or succeed, and you got to commit to it. Yeah. Just like Israel Adesanya. 100%. Just like Roy Beale. <laughs> just like yeah. Paul Gallon. Yes. I don't think old Gal ever put on a New South Wales jersey thinking he was going to lose. 100%. I don't think it – how old is he now? 50 years old? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he looks like it. He ever jumps in that boxing ring and thinks. 100%, man. And I mean, to be Queensland fan, I don't think I've ever spoken two words, Paul Gallon, but you have to admire the bloke. Like he is a fierce warrior. I'm back down to no one. And that's because he has an enormous amount of self-belief. And he actually 
hurts himself more than anyone I've ever seen because the madman believes he's going to come off first best every time and sometimes yeah. you're versing big people, you don't come off first yeah. best. <laughs> and he, he has some injuries. Especially, yeah, taking on someone like Justice. Uni. Wow. Oh. Yeah, mate. Anyway, Bailey, um, next episode, I guess we'll, we'll yes. dig deep into leadership. Um, something, you know, again, we believe we're pretty good leaders, um, have a bit of knowledge in that space and still open for, uh, for some education in that space too. And, and still to this day where we're doing these leadership training, um, we're trying to get better. We're trying to understand the, uh, the deep, dark secrets of leadership. Um, and, you know, it's, it's fun. Um, yeah, hundred percent. And, you know, how that then ties into, you know, the mental challenges we speak about, elite sport and in life. So um, it's important. Yeah, that's yeah, no, good that everyone's coming on this journey with us as we unpack a lot of things and, and, and grow along the way. So don't forget to reach out to us on our um, social media, um, our link tree. Please send us in an email with some things you want us to talk about. Um, Even, you know, this yeah. is episode two. Uh, you know, we're going to touch on some things, tell some stories, but the goal is to have people come join us and, and get the, uh, the messages from the horse's mouth. So, um, exactly. you know, you understand from the first episode while we're here, it's all about the mental game. We're here to talk, tell stories, and hopefully we impact someone out there. So thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, the next one will come out soon. We're going to pump these out. We know you're you're keen. You're as keen as I was to release it, eh, Billy? So, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> join us on the journey. Um, we're only going to get better. And as the great man Jared Bill said before, we are <laughs> evolving. Shout out to Jermaine. Thanks for the jingle. And all the boys back in Ipswich, go the Norse Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Load up.